Hi, everyone, and welcome to Talent Talks. I'm Rob Adams, and in this episode, we're excited to be joined by Bill Vlad, CEO at Vlad & Company. Bill is a reformed investment banker. I love that term. He served time in corporate development and has dabbled as an entrepreneur. Today, we'll be examining the key roles executive talent plays in value creation at private equity portfolio companies. Bill, like I said, I love I love that description. Welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, I've been looking forward to uh, sitting down and having a conversation with you, Rob. I'm doing really well today. Thanks. All right. Let's let's dive right in and, and kind of come up with uh, – where we are here. It, it, Bell, in your experience, how important is executive talent in creating value at private equity portfolio companies? I think when you peel back, what really is important to the private equity owner, it's everything. Um, you really, a private equity owner comes in with a, an investment philosophy. Uh, and they have to execute on a strategy. And as far as I know, there aren't any private equity investments that are executed entirely by AI. They're executed by people. Yeah. And the strategies involve dealing with lots of other people. And so from the client perspective, it is all about having good executive talent in place to execute the strategy according to plan. Um, and although that sounds very simple, the beautiful thing about being in recruiting is it's all a, human behavior is a very random and tangential thing. And um, private equity owners, it frustrates them much like golf frustrates a lot of people. It's, <laughs> it's seemingly simple yet it could take a lifetime to master uh, how to deal with personalities and getting the best out of your people. So I think that executive talent, um, creating value rests entirely on their shoulders. All phases of my golf game frustrate me, so I, I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> uh, let's not let's not even go there, Bill. Bill, how how does talent play a role in value creation for plot for private equity portfolio companies, and what types of executive leadership are most effective at driving value creation? Okay, so it's kind of a two prong question. Um, the first one, you know, how does talent play uh, a role in value creation. Uh, the first thing is, is that private equity firms um, in, and, and I think I'm probably all companies, not even just private equity investors, they, they've done a really good job for millennia of telling us the employee, you're going to get paid according to certain metrics, right? You show up and you work nine to five or you fix this number of widgets or whatever, what have you. And within private equity, um, the idea is to buy something, improve it either financially or operationally, or maybe there's other ways of improving it as well, and sell it for more than it's worth because you've improved upon that. And although there are financial instruments that can increase leverage in a firm, that's not independent of the executive talent because the talent that's in place has to then manage that financial engineering to make sure that they're getting the best out of their portfolio and being able to um, have a line of sight on how the strategy is tracking relative to the plan. So good private equity owners and good management teams put very clear 
lines in the sand or very clear metrics up so that people can measure performance to a criteria. And they're very good at doing that. Um, some of the cri- uh, criticism that can be uh, levied in a formula like this is that it is all, not all, but there's a great deal of attention and energy placed from the owner's perspective into the management of hitting targets and life as we know doesn't follow a plan it, 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 there are there's it's always something there's always a variable there's always a a, um, a change there's always a consideration that has to be made and that's the reason why you need to have good management in place because when you wake up in the morning whatever your plan was is definitely not going to come out as planned and you have to have somebody there who is competent in making those adjustments on the fly and doing the, making those adjustments with the understanding of who the ultimate decision maker is, which is that portfolio owner, the private equity firm and say, I'm going to make a decision. Is this decision going to be weighed appropriately by my parent company and good talent knows who pays the bills, who butters the bread, whatever analogy you want to make. And they do a very good job of measuring their performance to that metric. Um, the second comp, uh, question is what type of executive leadership are, are most effective at driving value creation? I think it's the type of leader who has confidence in what they can do, but also are respectful to who they're reporting to. Um, you know, this isn't a Steve Jobs scenario where you only have to answer to yourself. You know, and I actually don't, I probably putting too much weight on the, the Steve Jobs concept, but the point being is, although you're at the helm or you're an executive position, mm. ultimately you're not the final decision maker. There's somebody else you have to report to. And it's somebody who plays really well in the sandbox, recognizing that ultimately there are stakeholders they have to answer to. And that goes true to public companies as well. A CEO doesn't make a decision blindly because it's something they want to do. They think to themselves, what are my shareholders wanting? And I think in private equity, although you don't have necessarily the same sort of um, ownership structure and therefore have shareholders, you have stakeholders. And a good executive leader knows what their private equity management team wants out of them and communicates very effectively with them. If you don't have good communication with your owners, knowing what the objectives are, then you're dead out of the gate. So good communicator who understands how to execute a strategy and communicate those learnings and uh, objectives to their team and keep that channel going back and forth between the operations and the owners. I'm in broadcasting, so communications, that's what we're all about. How does compensation play a role in attracting and retaining top talent for executive leadership roles within private equity portfolio companies, and what compensation trends are you seeing in this area? It's a really interesting one because you know you're you're dealing with private equity uh, professionals who, by nature, look at comparables, right? They they buy a widget manufacturer, they look at other widget manufacturing deals that are going on. They want data to support what they're doing, but in order to get um, a good analysis you have to have enough comparables and private equity companies means they're private companies and there's not a lot of comparables out there in the marketplace you have to dig and you have to be very um uh 
creative in terms of how you source information on what are other widget manufacturers doing around the world. And getting that right is so critical. You've got private equity professionals who own a business and they get paid based on a formula of how well that company performs. Mm-hmm. The executive team gets paid sort of the same way. They get paid on how well is our company performing. But you have to you know, private equity has something called carry, right? You 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 have a certain percentage ownership of a fund and if that fund does better, you make a better return. How much of that fund should you get? Well, that's done through comparables. And the private equity owner has to go and say, all right, this widget manufacturing company, uh, what is the comparable to how you pay my senior executive? That is a nebulous and very hard item to, to get to get right, uh, but it's critical. Another way that uh, private equity firms determine value and, and how they attract and retain good talent is to say, just what economic value is this company producing? And can we back solve into that what this person should get paid as a result of the value that they are delivering? And they're not actually the same thing. One is kind of a bottoms up approach and one's a top down approach and getting those right um, sometimes takes uh, entire careers. Um, You've got you're you're trying to to focus in and narrow. And so you're asking about trends. I think one of the trends that's happening is um, a transparency on what comp packages are like. It's almost, you know, glass door. There's a lot of, a lot of other um, products out there. There are more and more products out there that allow us to find comparables. Um, but in addition to which, there's also a lot more social science going into what value does an executive team bring that may not just be on dollars and cents. It might not just be a return on a portfolio. Maybe it's, it's cultural improvements. Maybe it's attention to um, challenges in our company, such as DEI or ESG or any of these other considerations. And it seems like there's been more and more attention placed on some of these social, um, socially derived initiatives on achieving value outside of just a return on dollars and cents return on investment. So getting this potpourri of uh, of material to make up what is compensation. You know, you did well by your performance metrics, you did well by your your team's cultural objectives, you did well by your environmental and social responsibilities. Um I think the trend is that compensation is no longer you worked nine to five, you punched in and you make a certain dollar per hour. It is a lot more comprehensive than it has ever been. And I only see that trend becoming um, greater, which means that private equity firms and executive leaders have to communicate really clearly at the beginning of, um, or, or frequently, maybe not just at the beginning, frequently, what 
variables do we include in compensation to make up that potpourri of, uh, of compensation variables and, and stick to those because they're going to change. Uh, and if you're going to change in the ninth inning, you make better make sure that everybody on board knows what those changes are because um, they, they happen fast. And if you mess up a formula and don't communicate that formula well, uh, it's the greatest way of pissing off somebody in your uh, in your company is change how they're getting paid without communicating. And uh, so I, I think that the trends are much more comprehensive, much more uh, inclusive, uh, a lot more complicated, um, but it's becoming and, and a lot more granular, but it's becoming a lot more transparent so that comparables um, seemingly are easier to find. Bill, can you discuss some of the challenges or complexities involved in setting compensation packages for executive leadership roles within private equity portfolio companies? And and how do you address these challenges? Alluded to a little bit of that at the beginning. Mm. Uh, you know, portfolio companies themselves are relatively uh, easy beasts to to, to understand um, because they all kind of do the same thing. They get out there and invest in things. The challenge comes is when we're trying to find out the portfolio companies that they invest in, how do you pay those teams? Because a widget manufacturer is going to have certain variables and levers that are going to be very different than the automotive plant or, uh, you know, the ball bearing manufacturing plant sure. over here or, the um, health and sciences portfolio company over here, they all have different drivers. Um, and so the first thing is for leadership to identify what are the key drivers in our industry that make or break businesses. And that should be consistent. It doesn't matter what industry group the portfolio company is in. You start with what are the key drivers, right? If it's uh number of widgets we make, that's the key driver. Um, then we have to make sure that aligns to compensation. If it is um, having good government, uh, good governance, maybe there's lots of regulatory issues in the company. Um, you've got to meet um, manufacturing protocols, or maybe there's like a health, a health um, metric that you have to maintain certain quality controls. If those are the key variables, then you have to make sure that they are front and center. But the, the first thing that management and private equity has to do is identify what are those key drivers and compensate to those considerations. Afterwards, uh, it becomes making sure that the management understands how portfolio companies drive value for the private equity firm. Mm-hmm. Because if you are changing five or six variables at a company, but at the end of the day, it doesn't move the needle with respect to how much the portfolio owner is going to make at the end of the day, you're not going to get paid for it. Right. You know, putting lipstick on the outside of the, or putting, you know, painting a coat of paint on the outside of your building, it might make everybody feel good, but it's not going to increase the value. Um, and then on the previous question, I talked about all of these other social pressures that come in, um, cultural implications, um, you know, identifying objectives around DEI or, um, or, or governance or environmental impact. The key is identifying what those things are and communicating so there's no ambiguity. Uh, 
If there is ambiguity uh, come pay time, it's the easiest way to have your executive walk out the door. Yeah. Um, you can't change the rules in the 11th inning or the ninth inning and not expect somebody to get upset. Love those ninth inning references. How do you ensure that compensation packages are competitive within the industry and within the portfolio company's market? And what methods do you use to evaluate market trends and benchmark compensation? Well, I go to the Hunt Scanlon private equity conference. That's what there I do. There we go. Because, uh, I, uh, because you got a room full of what do we have? Three, four hundred people there and yeah. everybody's talking about the same thing. Compensation is about getting enough benchmarks to make sure that you're feeling confident that you're you know not paying too much and not paying too little um and it's on both sides because it's not just the owner that is uncertain but the management the leadership also is working in a bit of a bubble and yes they they speak to their other widget makers around the world um but getting that message out to their owners and you know the owners of the other portfolios, that's the key. So good communication is how compensation packages remain competitive. It's it's the main you gotta do lots of benchmarking. You have to make sure that the apples to apples comparisons are available and and, and ready to to execute. The the second part to that though is methods to use in evaluating that's a a formula driven equation that unfortunately what leaders sometimes do is they get themselves into a bit of hot water by accepting a consideration without really understanding how uh, they're driving their pay package at the end of the year um they may get some guarantees to start off with cuz you're changing of uh, changing firms and you're coming in, you're taking a big risk. But once those guarantees roll off, are you certain you understand how you are driving as the leader of a particular uh, company or a line of product? Do you really understand what is driving value for the end stakeholder who is your private equity owner? Um, it's not necessarily a black box but it also can't be completely um formulaic and and written out because private equity firms also have to answer to the the markets if there's no equity opportunity to be able to liquidate or to monetize some of their investment it's also going to impact what their return on their investment is so it's good communication with your private equity owners so that you understand what what tensions and pressures and anxieties they have outside of your business to um that are going to impede or are going to be added to your um your objectives uh, in terms of how you're making a return for them um, beyond just making your kind of dollars and your, your manufacturing product. I kind of, I kind of stumbled through the, um, the end question here, but the bottom line is that the leader has to communicate with their owner to recognize, to make sure that the owner knows what the leader is doing, but that the leader of the firm knows what their private equity owner's stresses are beyond just the manufacturing of the products. Did I kind of package that up 
properly for you, Rob? I, I think so. I, I, I think, I think you absolutely did. And, and look, I always end uh, our conversations by asking if there's anything you'd like to add. So if you want to help me wrap this up, go ahead. What do you have for me? I would say, I would say that executive leaders in portfolio companies right now have a real responsibility to increase the level of communication they have with their private equity partners. And the reason being is private equity firms are, they've had a, a fairly good run for the last 20 or 30 years. Fundraising has been really straightforward. I shouldn't say straightforward, but it, it has been consistent. But in the last 18 months or two years, the future is a little less um, bullish. Mm. So there are certain stresses and um, liquidity concerns that GPs have, and it's going to impact how they make decisions, how they invest in the portfolio companies, how they hire and fire. And it's not a conversation that has been had to have made in this degree in quite in, in quite some time. So executive leaders, uh, portfolio companies should increase their level of communication with their owners to make sure they understand what stresses the owners out, um, what what objectives do they have, and how are those changing as their ability to fundraise and grow their platforms uh, changes over the coming years. Uh, doing that, you're just going to have a much better insight to why things are being – why decisions, certain decisions are being made at the portfolio, at the private equity firm, and how that might impact – your particular operations um, and your team making the widgets that you make for the portfolio companies. Lots of widgets. I'm thinking about my golf game, some baseball references. Bill Vlad has brought it all here today with us on Talent Talks. Bill, great, great stuff. You really did sum it all up nicely. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate the time. We appreciate speaking with Bill, and we'll see you down the road at conferences and hopefully have you right back here again on Talent Talks. Bill Vlad with us, examining the key role executive talent plays in value creation at private equity portfolio companies. That's all the time we have here today, along with Bill Vlad, CEO of Vlad & Company. I'm Rob Adams, and this has been Talent Talks. Talent Talks.